Vox Quick Hits. What you're about to hear is just a preview of a much longer and deeper conversation. And trust me, you're going to want to hear the rest of it. You can find the full episode at Vox Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Vox Conversations. So I want to talk a little bit about our definitions of class because we have like what we think about as upper class or sometimes we call them rich. And then there's the middle class, which, you know, we think of as kind of this ghost category. That's what you call it in your book. So can you talk a little bit about how you try to delineate the difference between these classes in your research? Yeah, I mean, that's a complicated question, the definition of class and sociologists will... I don't know, probably come for me with anything that I say about it because it's it's very complicated. And, and without getting too much into it, I mean, one way of thinking about class is sort of distributional. It's like where you fall on an income distribution, right? Lower, middle, higher, upper, whatever. And that's how we typically think of class as being talked about. You know, and we can think about that as a distribution just of income and wealth, It is important to include wealth, not just income, but it's also often a distribution of other kinds of opportunities like education, right? And and often that's brought into the kind of definitions of class. There's also a way of thinking about it that is more relational or more about the reasons that our people are in certain kinds of categories. So we, we could talk more about that, but that's one of the things that I think is so important about talking about class in the U.S. is that we have all of these different things that are happening at the same time in the way that we're talking about it. And then nowhere is that more true than in our conversations about the middle class. But I think that it's a ghost category because it does the work of, it does a kind of symbolic work in popular discourse that is not reflected in the actual existence of the middle class. So the middle class has become something in our sort of collective imagination that is both a position in the middle, it's neither too low, nor too high. It's like the Goldilocks of classes. I think it connotes a sort of achievement, right? People moving into the middle class from some other class. It has a moral worth because we imagine middle class people to be hard workers. And we imagine them to have sort of the basic necessities of a good life, like a home, a car, some degree of education, a good job, you know, that kind of um, and I think we typically think of the, the middle class as being made up of families, not so much of individuals, right? But the reason that that's kind of a ghostly thing is that the middle class, people who are distributionally in the middle now actually can't necessarily afford to buy all of those things, right? Which is why we have, you know, just trillions of dollars in student debt. I mean, people, you know, in uh, families getting into debt to send their kids to college, massive amounts of housing debt. Um, people who are, are are not able to achieve those goals because of the increasing inequality in our society, you know, in the last 30, 40, 50 years, in which people at the top have, you know, appropriated most of the economic growth has gone to people at the very top. And the jobs have increased at the top and at the bottom, but not so much in the middle. I was just thinking of like the one thing that like I remember getting like thrown around like a piece of information that has always lived in my head since I was in like high school or college is that in the UK, when people are surveyed about their class status, people are much more willing to say, yes, I'm working class. Whereas in the United States, like there is just a reticence to identify as poor 
or as rich. And so like, sometimes when I think about the middle class, I'm like, oh, it's just something you're defining yourself as what you're not. Like no one wants to identify as these other two categories in America. And why is there, I mean, I understand why there's shame attached to being poor, but like being rich is a fulfillment of the American dream. So like, what is that antipathy towards identifying as rich? So there's a lot going on in what you just said. I mean, one thing is that we don't, Americans are less likely to identify as working class, although it's actually that Americans are also given that option less often Mm -hmm. on polls and so on. So, but the, the whole question of what is the working class just calls into, raises the issue of what our class is and how do we have this weird class schema where we have like poor, lower class, working class, middle class, upper middle class and upper class or something right, like right. Wa- working and poor don't fit into those relational categories that exist in relation to each other, low, middle and upper, basically. Right. So then you have working, which describes a set of relationships, not a, a kind of amount of money. But the other thing in what you said, I think is totally true, is that the middle class is the only morally good class in the sense that it's stigmatized to be poor, which, you know, you just sort of said, well, we can understand why that would be, but can we understand why that would be? I mean, the reason that that is, is that being poor is understood as a failing and, you know, a, a problem having to do with your individual capacity, your hard work, your dedication, your, you know, desire to get ahead and blah, blah, blah. Like these are all things that are kind of attributes of the individual. So if you're poor, it's your own fault. And at the top, I think that there's a more complicated thing going on where uh, on the one hand, if you are at the top, it's your own fault (laughs) in a good way, which is that people who are at the top are understood to belong at the top, right? The way that people are at the bottom are understood to belong at the bottom through some failing of their own or some achievement of their own, right? So on the one hand, we have ideas about rich people, like if they're rich, they must have done something right and they must be you know, they must be good people and they must deserve it. But on the other hand, we also have all these images of wealthy people that are really stigmatized, right? They're selfish, they're lazy, they act entitled, you know, they're rude, they think they're better than other people, they're overly consumerist, they're materialistic, they're ostentatious. I mean, the list goes on and on, right? And we have lots of depictions in popular culture of rich people who are mean and horrible. And so even people who are in, you know, the top 1%, 0.1%, 5%, 10%, I mean, however you want to understand economically privileged or elite, um, want to distance themselves from those kinds of stigma. 